Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. I'm with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, if you don't mind to start the show, I'd like to go off topic for just a moment. Uh, many of you li- are our listeners. You know that I'm from Berwick, and I would assume many of you know what happened this past weekend. Um, just an absolute horrific tragedy befell Berwick. Ironically, uh, what happened, what occurred, was at an event being held to help others in the community who dealt with another tragedy that just happened a couple weeks earlier. Uh, I just want you to know this. Uh, Berwick is a very close-knit community. It's a very strong community, and it's very resilient. I know Berwick will rally around those affected by this devastating incident because that's what Berwick is really about. um, And I just ask for those of you that are so inclined, I ask that you say a prayer for my hometown. Dusty, tough weekend around these parts. Yeah, and and clearly, you know, you can tell how close that community is. And, you know, I I wish we didn't have so many quote-unquote opportunities to showcase the strength of of human resiliency because we see it a lot um senseless stuff you know ends up bringing people together and that's the silver lining i suppose and it's always a, a nice reminder of how how um people can rally when they want to i just wish people didn't have to rally so damn much you know just in, in every in every sense of it I, I i wish we didn't need to keep learning that lesson and as I said, the ironic part to this is this incident happened to a group of people that were gathering to help other people, you know, suffering from something that happened just a few weeks earlier. So anyway, uh, Dustin, it's always tough to do that segue uh, from something like that, but we do have to do that. Let's, let's get to Penn State uh, here. Plenty of news this week. Probably the biggest news item was the commitment of a quarterback, uh, Jackson Smollett, previously committed to Tulsa. And my take on it, uh, Dustin, is this is another example. It seems like Penn State is very good at getting in early on these quarterbacks before they blow up. I mean, the fact is uh, Jackson Smollett, previously committed to Tulsa, was not a highly ranked, highly regarded guy, but he he's going to get more offers before this is all said and done. But Penn State got in there pretty early, didn't they? And, and they continue to be really good at this. You know, we've covered this ground before and talked about when they've been unexpectedly back to the drawing board at the quarterback position. Um, they've been in worse spots uh, under James Franklin. Brandon Wimbush decommitted in October of that cycle, and and they they came back with Tommy Stevens, who was also kind of underappreciated. He was committed to Indiana um, late in the cycle. He was um, he was really a top guy for a lot of different programs. I think Notre Dame was getting involved there. Uh, Penn State recognized and uh, the right guy to pursue went after him. Same thing with Will Levis in 2018 after Justin Fields. Jackson Smolik. 
Um, you know, it, it really is still surprising to me that he's gotten as few um, Power 5 offers as he has. Now, he's on the board officially on his 24-7 sports profile with both Penn State and California, though I did hear um, Tyler Calvaruso from Lions 247 said he had an SEC offer that he just didn't disclose yet. So other programs are taking notice. I think, you know, it's... It's what he did as a late sub in the Elite 11 finals. Kind of, he, he performed right on the same level as those kind of that cream of the crop um, quarterback. He looks pretty good to me. I mean, obviously, he's not going to turn heads with like big time size, speed, athletic ability. But in terms of him just being able to spin it, he looks like a pretty good thrower of the ball. Um, he said he admires Trace McSorley and that he, he was influenced by his journey um, to this point. So he's, I think, you know, when you're coming off a cycle where you get a five-star quarterback and another quarterback in the same class, the 2023 class was always going to be a bit of a challenge to find the right fit. Somebody who was ready to embrace the challenge of coming in behind both of those guys and most, you know, highlighted by Drew Aller. Jackson Smolik is a is a good guy to come in behind them because he comes in, you know, with that air of disrespect and kind of wanting to prove himself. And I think that's going to be part of his thing going forward. So he's going to embrace the possibilities here. He's going to embrace the opportunity. I feel like he's going to be kind of grateful for the attention that Penn State paid him when no other, you know, Power 5 programs really were. So I think this is a really good fit. Um, and I think they did it again for the third time, shifting away from Marcus Stokes and getting uh, an eye on the right target for the right reasons, who's still flying under the radar and, uh, and ended up being a good fit. And clearly the interest was mutual. He got He was on campus in July and now here he is committed to Penn State and they've got their quarterback. That big looming cloud over this 23 class is now gone. And Dustin, not to trivialize who they got but it was important that they got somebody in this class the big question that's going to come up next spring when Sean Clifford is gone and you're left with three young quarterbacks in Vayu, Aller, and Prabula someone's going to win that job most likely out of spring it's tough to keep all three of them And the last thing in the world you want is to be going into the 23 season with just two scholarship quarterbacks. It was critical that they they got another quarterback. Uh, Dustin, a next news item is that a running back left the program. I, I don't think this is a surprise to anybody that it happened. Maybe the timing is a little unusual, but... They were there's too many guys there who expect to play, and you're not going to have five different running backs getting enough touches. Keziah Holmes has decided to leave the program. Yeah, I, I think he was always the top contender, quote unquote, um, to to be the odd man out. Uh, it, that that was my viewpoint on it. Um, coming out, you know, his journey is so unique. Um, I, I really stu- still do believe that the the tangible skills that he's got, the, the talent that he has, the tools, it's all there. But clearly, you know, he was rushed into duty in 2020. 
the fact that the staff felt they needed to redshirt him in 2021 was kind of uh, a red flag, I think you could say, um, that he needed that development or maturity or needed to find consistency, something that goes beyond, I think, the, the physical tools that he's got. And then you look at how the depth chart take shape now and the way that the two true freshmen have kind of taken um, the program by storm since January. And that's Nick Singleton, obviously the five-star, but Katron Allen again and again has drawn some pretty favorable reviews from the coaching staff to the point now where it really looks like he's going to be a factor also. You can't have both of those guys become factors and and still have Kaziah Holmes become a factor. You know, the, the math just doesn't check out. Uh, Kevon Lee has earned his his share of work, whatever that ends up being, as a starter, as a uh, you know a relief guy, whatever. And Devin Ford's been around the program for so long because Ia Holmes really had no real shot of unseating him, whether that's as the number three or the number four back or whatever. You know that really left Kaziah Holmes pretty much stuck once again. And I'm not sure if maybe this was just him realizing that now and and trying to salvage whatever time he's got left to find another pro. Program, but uh, not a big surprise, I think, with the way that this uh, depth chart started to take shape, but particularly the arrival of the freshmen. And that's probably the major factor when you talk about players hitting the transfer portal, is when you're surpassed by a younger player, and it does appear that both Nick Singleton and Katron Allen have made that kind of impression on the team that they were going to jump him in the depth chart. This is one of those where I always say, this is what the transfer portal was for. This is a guy who obviously has some talent and was going to be blocked. He wasn't going to play at Penn State, obviously. Let him move on. This is where I'm really happy that you don't sit out a season anymore with the transfer portal. Hopefully it's not too late that he could find another home before this season started. Again, just mentioning the timing. This is pretty late in the process, but hopefully he will find uh, a, a, a new home. One more item, a, kind of a surprise commitment, Dustin, and that was uh, Carmelo Taylor committed at wide receiver. Penn State lost Yazid Haynes a couple weeks ago, a wide receiver commit. And uh, lo and behold, they got a pretty good one as a as as a substitute here yeah the, you know I think Carmelo Taylor isn't the same guy um he's a little lighter he's a little smaller I think Yazid Haynes was a little bit more um well-rounded uh with his speed but Carmelo Taylor can run and um you know you can see him being 5'11 180 and being able to kind of take the top off opposing defenses that's what he said that he saw in Penn State's program that he could be that deep threat for them um, and I, I saw it on film too. You know, he he's quick, he's speedy. You get him on on a straight line. You get him on on a deep pattern, and he he's capable of of delivering on that. And uh, I I think they could they needed some of that speed in this class. I think you know he he replaces some of what Yazid Haynes took with him to Georgia. Um, you know, and I think it's a, it's a nice commitment. It seemed to take the coaching staff by surprise a little bit because James Franklin's "We Are Better" came out uh, the next day um, when it really as it related to Carmelo Taylor. So, and I, I remember reading uh, Brian Dome from Twenty Four Seven Sports. Uh, you know, wrote you know Carmelo Taylor talking about his commitment, and the final line of his story was when he told the Penn State coaching staff they were enthusiastic. You know, and I'm like, okay, I mean. 
they weren't jumping for joy. It, it seemed to be a little bit like nondescript for, for their reaction. Like, uh, like maybe they were taken a little bit uh, aback by it, but either, either way, he's a nice player somehow is a three star in every service, but he's a four star in both the 24 seven sports composite and, uh, the on three consensus ranking. So take, take that however you like. When the guy wide receiver, when you start it with, he's, he's got speed. That's a fantastic place to start when you're a wide receiver for, for a physical attribute. You know, I, I will take, yes, I want good hands, obviously. I want them to run good routes. I want all those other things. But I also really want them to be fast. So uh, to hear he's a track guy, also very fast. I'll take that all the time, Dusty. All right, that's it for quarter number one in the news. Stick around. Rest of this show, we're going to play a little game called Confidence versus Concern. I'll give Dusty the topic. We'll see if he's concerned or if he's confident. Stay tuned for that. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith and it is quarter number two. Dustin, are you ready to play confidence versus concern? Yeah, and I think um, I think the the theme is obvious. I feel like, but uh, but in, in case it's not, I you know we kind of put together some topics 
that uh, that are relevant to Penn State season and some question marks and things like that, things that might need to happen in order for them to have a successful season. And I kind of have a, a I'll have a verdict on each of those departments, and uh, we'll obviously have a good discussion about what those are. And I'm sure there's going to be a couple times here, Jimmy, where I'm told why I'm wrong, and that's fine. Oh, just I fully expect that, Dusty. Fully expect <laughs> yeah. that. I love it. But I'll let you have your say, and then I'll give you the right answer, okay? <laughs> yep, I like it. <laughs> okay. Let's let's start where we always start, uh, Dustin, for about the eighth year in a row. We start with Sean Clifford as the big question mark at quarterback. And, you know, I, I even go back and forth with them. I say we know what we're going to get with them. To say, no, we actually don't know what we're going to get with them. I go from, I'm really confident in them. Think of where this team was last year at, you know, halfway through the second quarter of the Iowa game. They were 5-0, and wins over Wisconsin and Auburn. Just putting a licking on Iowa at Iowa, that was Sean Clifford. Well, so was everything else that came afterwards when he got dinged up. So, Dustin, where are you with them? Confident or concerned? So, uh, I see enough to lean more confident than concerned. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm like you, and I think I'm, I'm like a lot of Penn State fans where, um, you know, if, if it just came down to hard work and leadership and grind and competitive spirit. I think he's got the physical tools. I think he's fine in, in most of those departments, arm strength and accuracy, that kind of thing. Uh, but I just I, I just don't know what I've seen on a consistent basis in terms of his instincts and decision making and how he performs when there's uh, blitz or pressure or, or, you know, things like that. So there is a lot of stuff to clean up. And I feel like, you know, last year his health was a big part of it. And I think you know, I, I would hope that the Penn State coaching staff took that into consideration and said, yes, there is a certain amount of running that has to be done in order for Sean Clifford to execute the offense and pose the right kind of threat to defenses and make him be respected as a running threat. Um, but there's also, you know, uh, situations where he takes too much punishment as far as that goes. And, uh, you know, Bob Flanders and I talked about this last week, too. It's almost like when the ball's in his hands and he's in a competitive situation, he doesn't really have a bail option. He doesn't really – he's not programmed to slide or duck out of bounds. Like, he wants to take on guys. And I think you got to protect Sean Clifford from his, himself and not have as many design runs because if he can look that different – you know, 100% versus not 100%, you have to protect the 100% as best as you possibly can. And there are variables involved with that, but, you know, there are some things you can control, like how much how much you expose him to, to hits. So, um, yeah, I, I think there, him being in year two with Mike Yersich and, and hopefully being able to work through progressions better and faster and uh, maybe being more like a coach on the field because he's got that kind of handle on the playbook – that stuff bodes well for him to be able to get the ball out and make good, quick decisions and, and get the ball to a number of playmakers. He's got no shortage of playmakers. So all in all, you know, I, I like him to, to start the season 100%. If he stays there, I think there's enough to believe here that he can have his best season yet. Now, whether that's like, 
national awards or Big Ten title season. I'm not sure about that yet, but I do think we will see the best of Sean Clifford. The you know the question I think is how how relative is that? Is the best of Sean Clifford one of the best in the country, or is that just a little bit better than what we've seen? So should I take from this you're backing off your second coming of Joe Burrow prediction? Yeah, because he's now the second coming of Kenny Pickett. Okay. That's the only difference. <laughs> We, we we would take that. My concern with Sean Clifford, Dusty, is you talk about this competitive instinct, and there's no doubt he has that. But sometimes I just question not the competitive instinct, but just the instinct in general. Sometimes there's just decisions that make you, you know, shake your head and say, Sean, what were you thinking there? And I know things would be better for him with better players around him, meaning better offensive line, better running game, which wouldn't put him into a bad situation, a pressure situation so often where those poor instincts seem to come out, Dusty. Yeah, and I think in a perfect world, you would have it not be so delicate. Like you, in a perfect world, your quarterback, your leader, your fourth-year starter – wouldn't be so subjected to the the components around him. But I think that's what we've learned about Sean Clifford over these three years is that, you know, he needs the right environment to succeed. He's not going to make everybody that much better around him. And that's, you know, I think that's the difference between a great quarterback and a good quarterback. But I think he can be a good quarterback and a guy who can lead and have some intangible stuff going on. I also think that there's a possibility for him to be hot to start the year and be able to sustain that for the best uh, the best way that he has. You know, look at 2020. It was a really, really bumpy start. He settled in when the when they leaned on the run game. And frankly, when they started playing inferior opponents, that, that was part of it. But when they won four games in a row, they, they had leaned on the, on the ground game. Uh, last year, wasn't healthy for the second half of the year, was clearly bothered and wasn't himself. But what we saw, I mean, it, you, you can't make excuses for him, but what we saw... Uh, through the Iowa game was a guy who could make a lot of throws to be an imp- to be an impact type player. So if that's the guy who shows up, um, Penn State will be, you know, exponentially more likely to go far this season. I think it has to happen. I think it, we're going to see the best version of, of him. But I still don't think we're talking about a Heisman Trophy contender. No, I don't think so either, Dustin. One of the keys for Sean Clifford that we've alluded to is the talent around him. Will they have a better running game? Will he get better pass protection? Both of those come down to the offensive line. And I'm wondering if really the bigger variable isn't Sean Clifford. It's actually along the offensive line. And if you look at the plays where things broke down last year, it was typically a breakdown at the offensive line is where it started. Yeah, and and so I lean, when it comes to the offensive line, I lean towards concern on this one. And really the primary thing is we just haven't seen this group exceed expectations ever. You know, they, they I think they've fallen short of expectations so often that James Franklin has been forced to do his best not to establish any expectations whatsoever 
this spring and summer. He will not say a positive thing about this offensive line because he knows where his fan base is, and his fan base is still pretty leery about hearing rah-rah stuff about this offensive line. There's reasons to have some guarded optimism. You know, I, I like Olu Fashanu, and they're saying a lot of good things about him, and he got some really important experience leading up to the Outback Bowl and, and then in, in the Outback Bowl last year. Hunter Norzad seems like he's catching on really, really well. Uh, they still like Sal Wormley as a starting type guy. Juice Scruggs, I think, is an impact player. He was their best lineman last season. Probably is going to be their best lineman again now at center. And then I think one of their best offensive line prospects of the last five years, uh, Landon Tengwall, is likely to start at left guard. You know, we've seen some good things from Caden Wallace in the past. There's all kinds of reasons to, to believe here, but the reputation precedes this entire unit. And I, I don't think, you know, you can assume anything at this point. Like, I, I really feel like the possibility of having addition by subtraction is there, but I'm not ready to buy in until I see it. That's just the reality of the situation. I think most Penn State fans would agree with that. This group has to do it before anybody is willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, myself included. That's why I lean concern on this one. I understand the concern. Let me give you the positive spin, Dusty, which is, and I'm not going to go through this because I've done it before, but position by position, all five guys across the line, I think will be better than what was there last year. All the way from Fashanu, I think he may not be a better pro than Rasheed Walker, but I think he'll be a better college player. I think Caden Wallace will be a better version of himself, as you pointed out, center position. But the problem I have, Dustin, is even if they're physically better, so often last year when I saw the problem plays and you look at them a second time, it's not the physical issues, it's often the mental issues. My biggest pet peeve was watching two guys block one defender while another defender comes in completely free. You know, and you know, we I remember last season talking about it the first half of the year. If I'm a defensive team, I stunt on every single play because it seemed like this offensive line was incapable of handling it, right? Yeah, and I think um in that respect, tearing it down and rebuilding can't hurt. You know, there, there were there were clearly lapses in that group's ability to to work cohesively as as one unit, and to there really is no better route to become a punchline than to have you know multiple plays where two guys are blocking one or guys are your offensive linemen are blocking each other and two guys are running free, you know that kind of thing, and that I think that's what everybody wants to avoid, but. You know, how does that group become one functional five-man unit working as one? You know, I think you have to reset the chemistry in some respects. I mean, whatever was going on, chemistry, communication, it just kind of wasn't there last year. I also think the, you know, the guards, the way that Mike Miranda and Eric Wilson, I, I, I just don't know that they were real difference makers where maybe with the new guys you have in there, you have some difference makers. So I, I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, but uh, at the, uh, high on that list is, is being able to just change the entire personality of the unit. 
change the entire persona of the group and allow these two young guys on the left side, presumably, and Tangwall and Fashanu to grow together and to establish that that communication. And, um, you know, you think about Juice Scruggs, Landon Tangwall, Olu Fashanu. I mean, that, that has a chance to be a really good group. I just have to see it before I'm ready to believe it. Uh, I think it's all, all there's a lot of possibilities there, but uh, we've been burned before. And I think, Dustin, Phil Troutwine has to start feeling some pressure here. It's time for that unit to perform. Or, you know, he's got to start feeling some heat. All right, Dusty, that's it for quarter number two. Stick with us. We're going to continue with our confidence versus concern. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. I'm Jim, he's Dustin, and we're going through our concerns or confidence in different aspects of the 2022 Penn State Nittany Lions. Dustin, we spent a good amount of time on the quarterback and the offensive line, obviously. That's what you have to do. Let's go to another topic which I think puts a little more positive spin on things. Let's talk about those freshman running backs. And the question is, how, are they going to be a factor this year? Or I think we know we're going to see them. I know they'll get their chance. But are they really going to be difference makers? Man, I mean, everything we've seen and heard since January 
has been so positive and not just company line positive. You know, Nick Singleton, let's take him for starters. The, he's a five-star prospect, the Gatorade National Player of the Year. When the ball is in his hands, he can do special things. And right off the bat, you know, just being able to say that about him is more than I could say really about any of the 2021 running backs, if we're, if we're being honest about it. So right off the bat, that's good. Then you also factor in, you know, what he's been able to do when it comes to strength and testing numbers. Uh, super, super strong, super mature, uh, just, a, just a really um, good prospect on the field and works like crazy off of it. And for him to turn heads with the weight, with the weights that he's lifting and things like that. I mean, that, that, that to me says that he's ready to make an impact really right away. So we kind of figured that Katron Allen's been a more of a surprise, I suppose, Obviously, a really good prospect coming out of IMG Academy in Florida. He's a four-star guy, had a reputation for being, you know, a good short yardage back, a good goal line back. He's very productive in those situations, but he's so much more than that. And, you know, we saw that in the blue-white game where he was pigeonholed a little bit in much the same way that Noah Kane was as a freshman. You know, his game's pretty diverse, and I think the strength of his game isn't that he's able to bowl over defenders in, in, in tight quarters in there, he's able to just kind of recognize where the creases are, where the little holes are, and he's able to fit through them and get and fall forward for, for yardage. And, you know, that's the interesting part of his game that can help separate him from some of these other guys. Like, I don't think that's Kevon Lee's game. Uh, I don't think that's Devin Ford's game. And that's all the running backs now with Keziah Holmes no, 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 no longer on the roster. But Katron Allen, with, with that kind of wiggle and his ability to kind of keep falling forward for yardage, that makes him an interesting guy in this because uh, that that's how maybe he can stand out. Like, I think Nick Singleton is such a complete back. I don't know uh, that he's going to be the starter week one. I think maybe there's going to be a, a tip of the cap to Kevon Lee and, and let the veteran maybe get the first crack at it. But it would surprise me if, if Nick Singleton and Katron Allen don't both burn their red shirts as freshmen, that, that Nick Singleton will be the starter at some point, probably in the first third of the season, if I'm guessing, and that Katron Allen will be a, a valuable guy who, um, who's good in short yardage, you know, just like Noah Kane was early in his career before he got hurt. And I was so taken in by the Katron Allen, just like you said, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of guy. And the first time he touched the ball in the blue-white game, I said, wow, he's pretty quick, it was the, which was the last thing that I expected from him. The only discouraging word to say about these guys is they're also still going to be dependent on the work of the offensive line. So we really have to keep our fingers crossed that we see more from the offensive line if we do then the, these uh, running backs could actually be something very, very special. I want to get to the other side of the ball, Dustin, and there's been wholesale changes on the defense, a lot of talent. If, if you start to recite it, it's depressing how much NFL talent left. But perhaps the biggest change is defensive coordinator. Brent Pry, he's been with uh, James Franklin a long time. You know that he had the confidence of Franklin. You know he wasn't ushered out the door. He was waiting for a, a good opportunity. And just the fact that he got the Virginia Tech job, that's a good job. 
So you know he's highly thought of in the industry. Well, what does James Franklin do to replace him? I, my opinion, I'm going to give you mine before you even have a chance. I'm confident in this one. I thought this hire of Manny Diaz was an absolute home run, Dusty. Uh, I, I did at the time, and it's like kind of the further we get, uh, the more I kind of believe that. Uh, not only does Manny Diaz have this whole world of coordinator experience, I think in general, you know, from a philosophical perspective, he agrees with James Franklin about how to how to approach um, calling a defense and coaching a defense. Um, it's not far afield from from Brent Pry's uh, outlook either, which is why he was such a good hire. But you know, you think about what happened to him and what he's out to prove himself. You know, like I, I think he's going to be a hungry and motivated coach. It seems like he's he's always like that anyway. But man, he got he got done wrong at Miami, and I think he's going to be. You know, I think he's going to be alive this year. You know what I mean? I, th- I think he's going to be coaching like he's got something to prove. And yeah, I mean, you can rattle down through the list about what Penn State has lost, but you can also, you know, say what's back from a, from a raw talent standpoint. And there, there's a lot of positive stuff when you look at the defensive backfield, when you look at the safety group, the fact that Jair Brown intercepted six passes last year, the fact that Curtis Jacobs can very well be a high pick in the NFL draft, the fact that they've got, you know, some five-star talent coming off the edge, uh, unproven talent, but they've got some real electric talent coming off the edge. P.J. Mustafer looks like he's 100% in the middle. If he can hold that down, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff here, and I think he seems like the guy who's ready to dial up some of these special athletes and put him in position to, to make a big play or two. Um, they've, they've talked about emphasizing turnovers and that's another one, just like the offensive line. I, I, I grew a little weary of hearing, Hey, we're really emphasizing turnovers, but I think I've said this before, you know, I think Manny Diaz is, is really emphasizing that he wants that he's coaching that way. He's coaching guys to fly to the ball, but I also think he's got, players who can actually execute that and who can actually make a big uh, improvement in in the turnover department. So if you're able to do that and you're able to kind of um, pressure quarterbacks and, and, and make opponents, offensive coordinators, not, you know, make them guess a little bit, that's all good. I mean, you're going to have maybe a little bit more propensity to get burned a bit, but I do feel like there were some times uh, over Brent Price tenure as defensive coordinator where he got a little conservative. He 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 played into the bend but don't break, and they were great at that last year. But I think in this day and age in, in football, especially after watching Illinois cram it down Penn State's throat on on the ground last year, I think it's okay to say you know we're gonna maybe give up some yards, we're gonna give up some points, but we're gonna come after you and we're gonna try to uh, put the ball on the turf we're going to try to take it away we're going to try to sack the quarterback and do some more electric stuff I think all that is true and with that there's always a chance I think to to have a special group I'm confident in Manny Diaz right off the right off the bat in, in, in week one I know there are holes to fill but I think they've got a pretty good outlook in being able to fill those and really cater this defense to their strengths Dustin on the defensive side of the ball I mentioned a lot of talent gone A lot of talent is back among the defensive backs. I think we're all pretty confident back there. Defensive line lost a lot of people, but there's a lot of new talent coming in. The one place the question of depth comes in, linebacker. 
They lost a lot of talent. Not sure they filled it all in. Let's go there. At linebacker, is there enough there there? <laughs> is there enough depth? Where is your confidence level or your concern at that position? Uh, I'm, I'm on the concern side on this one. And I think, you know, the way that they're starting of the year. So Curtis Jacobs, I'm assuming Kobe King, but Tyler Elsden is capable of a surprise at that middle linebacker spot. And then Jonathan Sutherland making that move up from safety, which, I'll, which will be intriguing. Um, I think they're okay there. Um, obviously some question marks in Sutherland's transition and having a young guy in the middle um, is never where exactly where they want to be. Um, I, I like the freshman Abdul Carter. He looks like a physical freak to me. Um, Jamari Budden is, is a nice young player. He's a former four-star guy. Um, so, I mean, I think when you're looking at the six guys that they've got, you know, there are players – who maybe they're out of their element, maybe they're not. There, there's a lot to prove uh, on that second group and with with Sutherland and Kobe King or Tyler Elsden. So there's a lot to prove there. But if they stay healthy, I, I like their chances of, of being able to develop and get better over time. I also like, you know, the ability for Manny Diaz to, to sub out uh, in certain situations and get more defensive backs on the field, get get Jalen Reed or Keaton Ellis on the field or Zakee Wheatley, whatever you're doing there, to be able to get your best guys on the field for certain situations. I think they might be able to mask that a little bit. They just can't really afford... I think any injuries whatsoever at linebacker or else you're, you're going to be forced to tap into Keon Wiley. You're going to be forced to burn a red shirt. I don't know about Charlie Catcher's health, but there's a lot of unknowns here. And I think they just can't afford for anything to really go wrong at, at linebacker. So anytime you're in that position where you can't afford any adversity at all, I think that's a concerning situation. Dustin, one of the things when I talked about, you know, Jonathan Sutherland moving from safety to linebacker hey isn't that a huge red flag that we have depth issues at linebacker and issues overall there I've kind of changed my tune a bit that you know what this is more part of the master plan that it is only about filling two linebacker positions that other position is going to be more of a safety position so when you talk about the idea of getting more DBs on the field, getting your best 11 players on the field, I'm almost feeling like Manny Diaz is doing that from the get-go by putting a safety in at linebacker. So they're already doing that, Dusty. Yeah, and it's not exactly like it's um, you know recreate you know innovating at this point. That's what everybody's trying to do. And Sutherland's always kind of moved like a linebacker to me anyway. And I do think they moved they moved one guy from a position of strength, and they they I think they catered to what Sutherland's strengths are, and were able to give him a full off season to get, to prepare for that. I think he's going to be a good player. He's always he's never really wowed me physically, but he's played a lot of football here, and I think that experience and the and the instincts that should come with it. Uh, should make him a pretty nice player here. I don't think you're looking at a guy who's one of the top five players on Penn State's defense, but he should should do a pretty nice job in terms of bridging the gap. They've got a bright future at linebacker, but they're just going to have to soldier on this year uh, and make the most out of what they got. Exactly. All right, Dusty, that's it for quarter number three, but we're not done dealing with Dustin's concern versus confidence levels. We're going to do more in quarter number four. Stick around for that.
StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galati along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. We are going through a little game we call confidence versus concern we put out the topic and dustin tells us whether he's confident or not so confident meaning he's concerned and we we still have several more here to get to dustin but i want to hit the highlight one the season's starting really soon all right i can't help it i want to talk about purdue already is this team ready to beat purdue right off the bat And by the way, a major surprise, they're starting their Big Ten schedule on the road. Did you realize that? Yeah, it's almost like it's the seventh year in a row or whatever that that they're doing that. But yeah, it's um, (laughs) it's a it's a it's a rude awakening. And I think um, it was an interesting position last year when they had to go to Wisconsin and that venue uh, with a new offensive coordinator. And, and, you know, the clock was ticking pretty early when Mike Yersich got here that they had to be ready to put a, a, a group together to, to play some ball there. Um, the defense stole the show in that one. And I think that's an interesting difference between last year's team and this year's team is that defense, you know, was so much better out of the gates than we thought it would be. Um, uh, Wisconsin struggled a bit offensively. You know, their, their quarterback was a little bit up and down. They hadn't really found their groove uh, running it quite yet. Um, and so Penn State's defense was by far the best unit on the field there. 
I don't know if you'll be able to say the same thing this time around. So you have that and you have the variables that come with that. You know, Manny Diaz, it being his first defense, uh, his first game as, as coordinator. Um, but I, I did feel like going into Wisconsin, even though there were some variables involved and they were trying to get their footing from an offensive standpoint, um, I, I felt like they were prepared. Uh, they were energized. They were focused. And I think some of that stuff you know, is, is a program staple kind of thing. I do feel like they'll be prepared and they'll be focused and they'll be ready for it. They'll understand the magnitude um, of it. So I, I, I like their chances of, of going into Purdue and winning that game. Um, there are just clearly some some things that they've got to prove. You know, Manny Diaz, what that defense looks like, how ready they are to, to take on, you know, a very, very well-coached Purdue unit uh, with, with Jeff Brom and, and uh, 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 Aiden O'Connell, their, their starting quarterback, a veteran guy back. You know, that Purdue offense will be sharp. You know, there's no way around it. They'll innovate. They'll be creative. They'll they'll put you in some dangerous situations. There's no way around that. So how that defense responds will be really, really interesting. That's maybe the number one thing that we'll learn in week one. But I also like Penn State's offense's chances of, of scoring points and 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 hanging with that that Purdue offense. Um, so I, I like Penn State to win. I, I think um, you know they, I I learned last year. Um, and even even Indiana, like they didn't win that game two years ago, but I felt like they were prepared. They they were ready for that. Um, and I think with uh, with Mike Yersich in this offense, it being year two and Sean Clifford in year four as a starter, I think that's a really nice way to counter what Purdue's got offensively. And you can talk about you know how how good that offense is of Purdue's, but man, I mean, there's a lot of upside at this Penn State offense too. And if they're if they're ready and firing on all cylinders, which they weren't last year. If they're more ready to do that this year, then I think they've got a good shot of uh, of scoring 28, 31, 34 points and winning this thing. Dustin, I go back and forth on this game. I was talking to a Penn State fan a couple days ago where we were talking about the same issue and the confidence level going into Purdue. And I go back and forth between Purdue, it's their opening game, it's a night game, It'll be packed. It's, I guess they're doing a blackout for the game. They'll be all pumped and excited. The last time there was a game like this where Penn State was on the road against someone who was so totally pumped early in the season facing Penn State, was that Maryland? And how did that game turn out, remember? So I, I, I'm hopeful that this will be just another uh, game like that Maryland where you dash their hopes and the – Penn State team is ready to perform. All right, let's get to our next uh, concern versus confidence. We talked a little bit about this with Manny Diaz and the way he likes to play. More gambling, more pressure, more turnovers, more sacks. But if he's going to get those sacks, Dustin, that's it's got to happen up front. And uh, if uh, you know what? Arnold E. Bikini and Jesse Lakeda aren't going to be walking in that door anytime soon. So now what? Especially, especially Arnold E. Bikini, you know, like he, he was so consistent in the way that he impacted games last year. You could almost count on him to deliver at least one play behind the line of scrimmage. And, you know, that's, that's something that, that they're going to miss. Um, you know, and, and I think you replace that with a lot of ability. 
uh, Disa Isaac, a lot of ability. You saw him, you know, with the get off, the twitch and the bend, you know, looked a little bit like Jason Owe uh, and like a poor man's version of Jason Owe in terms of how he moves there. So that's encouraging. He comes off an injury. He hasn't, you know, been put in a position where Penn State has relied upon him before. So now they need him. Uh, you also have Chop Robinson, who's making a transition from Maryland. He's making a transition from defensive end uh, to defensive end from more of a hybrid role. So there's there's something to be said there. He's made his presence felt so far in preseason camp. You know, I don't know about the consistency part of it yet, but he is he is flashed uh, in camp. Deny Dennis Sutton is a five-star talent who's very very mature, has a uh, has a, a really advanced repertoire of pass rush moves inside, outside, spin, power, speed. You know, I think he's going to make his presence felt. Smith Vilbert, you know, I think he's somebody that's been not written off, but uh, not really counted on to, to be an impact guy. And I think that might end up being a mistake. You know, three sacks in the Outback Bowl. He brings something a little bit different with his size uh, and length. And I don't think he's the guy that's going to win with speed off the edge, but he's a handful in his own right. I mean, these are really, really intriguing pieces. And then you throw in Nick Tarburton as well. Maybe he makes a step forward here. Um, I, I still feel like there's just so many question marks. You're re- you're relying on guys all to have the best season of, the, of their life uh, in order for this group to really replace what they lost last year. Um as a caveat, I said the same thing about the wide receiver position before where they were replacing KJ Hamler and then Jahan Dotson had this season of his life and Parker Washington was excellent as a true freshman. It doesn't mean that it can't happen, but it really is, you know, all these guys have to prove something and, uh, you know, the elements have to come together. The ability and the, and the upside has to be realized in order for them to get there. I think there's a, a good possibility of it, but I still put this in the concern category because there just isn't really a known commodity in this group yet. What's fascinating to me, Dustin, about the entire defensive line, and even though we look at the defensive end for the sacks, it's a lot of times because the tackles are occupying people, a good chunk of the time, it could be four completely new players on the field in Adisa Isaac or Chop Robinson or even Deny Dennis Sutton at defensive end. And then at tackle, you could have Akeem Beeman and returning, I realize he was there the first half of the year, P.J. Mustafer. So none of these guys were on the field the second half of the season last year, and that could be the primary group. It'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure anybody could be confidently say what we're going to get once the season starts with that group. An ongoing concern, Dusty, with this team, and we've seen it year after year. You wrote it down in your notes as the emotional hangovers, and we've seen this so many times with this team. Uh, they outplayed Indiana two years ago, you know, Three and a half quarters, they were completely the better team, managed to lose, and that sent them spiraling. You saw them losing um, Michigan State games after losing to Ohio State. All It's this hangover. Even last year after Iowa, you see what happens against Illinois. I don't care if Sean Clifford didn't see one play of the field against Illinois. Penn State should still be beating Illinois by multiple touchdowns. But you felt that there was still that hangover from the Iowa game. How 
I'm, I'm going to give you my opinion first on this one, too. It concerns me it, because it's so consistent. It's happening year after year. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, it is a concern and, and we've seen it. And, you know, the, the, the closest thing to a theory that, that I've gotten to, and I'm curious your thoughts on it, is that um, James Franklin is such an emotionally driven guy that he can't really mask being a little bit somber or whatever after things don't go their way or they lose a game that they should have won or, you know, the big emotional buildup to Ohio State where it ends up being a loss and then they, you know, there's been a couple times where they've lost games to Michigan State where they really shouldn't have um, because of that. Um, I, I, You can't help but wonder if it's just kind of part of the deal where, Maybe they'll run hot as a result of that emotion, but I think sometimes they're going to run cold as a result of that. Uh, so I think that might just be part of the fabric of who James Franklin is and something that he's got to continue to work through and they've got to work through as, as a program. You just can't have that. You know, you can't, you, things aren't going to go your way over the course of a 12 week season. You're not going to, you know, you're probably not going to win all your games. You're going to have big buildups because that's what everything is, is, is pointed towards. It's all about narratives. It's all about, you know, top 10 matchups and primetime games and whiteouts. I mean, they're, they're, you have to be able to rally around that and you have to deal with the fact that you lose a game that you shouldn't and still come out and ha- and have that you know, competitive spirit necessary to win where Penn state has shown a lot of times that, that they haven't been there. So I think the personality of this team will be a little bit different. You know, there's, there's a collective chip on the shoulder. They're not ranked. I think there could be an us against the world kind of situation. They're not going into the season with these massive expectations or thinking about necessarily the college football playoff. They've been um, they've been programmed now after the way the last two years have gone to just focus on one week at a time. So maybe it's not as big an issue, but if they start the season four and oh, and they're in the top 15, I mean, these expectations and this pressure is going to be back. You like to see them play through it a little bit better. If you have a loss to Purdue in week one, you have to be able to play 11 games. Like not everything is lost. So we, we, we've seen this too often for this not to be a concern, quite frankly. And Dustin, I agree with you on the most part. The only and the subtle little difference is I think James Franklin emphasizes that we'll be one and zero this week. This is all we're concerned about. But he does pour all his emotion into it. The team does too. The problem is I think the coach is a mature man who's been through this coaching for years and years. He's then ready for next week. But I think he put so much into it and so much emotion into last week's game with his players. The players aren't so quick to recover because they're playing with so much emotion. All right, Dustin, that is it for our show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. We specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814 206 